Welcome, listeners, to What Are You Craving, a podcast between friends about food and connection. I'm Sarah, an ACE-certified personal trainer and certified health coach, mom of three, and lover of most foods. And I'm Angie, a licensed clinical social worker and doctor of counseling psychology, mom of two, keto eater, and lactose intolerant. So hold on to your butts, and let's do this thing. Welcome to What Are You Craving? So let's start there. Sarah, what are you craving? Oh, man. Um, I am craving some Amazon spending. (laughs) That's right. You haven't done any Amazon spending lately, right? Mm -mm. No, I'll tell you all about it later. But that I am just, it's been hard not to hit purchase or complete order or whatever you push when I don't even remember anymore. It's. It's so foreign to you, right? Yeah, part of me thought, so our Amazon membership renews this month where you pay the, I don't know what it is, $99 or whatever to get the free shipping all year and the they instantly bring it to your doorstep perks, that stuff. And for a while, Tyler and I were like, maybe we should just not renew it. And then anytime we need something, we'll have to find what store to go to. We'll have to drive to the store. We'll get it. And that will slow down our spending. And um, then I realized all the other problems that it would come with. Like then you can't use the Amazon music. You can't use your echoes. You can't use. So it's like, just forget it. We're just going to (laughs) keep impulsively buying things and having them show up. So, Mm -hmm. so there goes that idea. Right. I don't even right. know. It's just an auto renew. I don't even know when it <laughs> renews or what have you. Yeah, ours is on auto renew too, but um, we're always surprised by it every year, except this year that it's like all of a sudden, you know, $100 comes. It's like 100 or 100. It might be 150. Yeah, I thought 120, but it's it's something like that. But um, when you consider all you save in free shipping, And during the pandemic, I mean, I really want to shop local and shop small whenever I can, but there, I mean, there are lots of things that aren't open. It's not even an option right now. So yeah, I guess, I guess that's happening, but (laughs) that's my issue with shopping like local or small is, and I can understand it to an extent, but the return policies are often very difficult to feel super confident with my purchase. So like Amazon, I can send anything back for the most part. And that's just not the case with all small places, which I mean, I can understand, but I mean, yeah. And my issue is like, I just have so many barriers even during normal times to physically go to a store and try out something or try it on or whatever. Um, the, it's just not, it's just not realistic. <laughs> I hear you. So what are you craving? Um, okay. I am craving finally talking about this podcast that you and I had been saying, let's wait until we're recording to talk about this. Um, and so for the listeners, yes. So for the listeners, um, we, uh, we both listened to the Whitney Cummings Good For You podcast with Dr. Craig what's the last name? Conover, I believe. Okay. Yes. Something like that. Um, and for those of you that don't know, it's a, um, podcast with the comedian and writer Whitney Cummings, and she has a lot of different 
types of people on there um celebrities scientists um researchers i mean just all sorts of people um and i really enjoy i really enjoy that podcast so check it out if you haven't but you don't have to have listened to that episode in order to understand what we're talking about (laughs) but when i listened to it there were so many things that were like oh my gosh i'm dying to talk to somebody about this um so it made me feel like i was a genius because I felt like a lot of what he was saying, this medical doctor aligned with a lot of the thinking I have. So I was just like, I mean, I'm a genius. You're a genius. Okay. So let's start there. Did you take any notes about the things that you had questions about that you loved? Tell me what you thought. Well, I loved the part when he talked about, and it just made me smile and beam and really wanted me to say, I told you so to you when he talked about Um, people taking too many supplements and the stressing about what you eat and micromanaging your diet. And I thought, Oh, what is Angie's thoughts on this? Because this is what I've been telling her. Yes. Yeah. He really talked a lot about like not micromanaging, not relating stress to the food that you're eating. Um, But he also said I would rather you love the McDonald's that you're eating than hate the whole 30 meal that you're eating. And I was like, I wonder what her reaction is to that. So (laughs) if I love, because I know you have a very um, fervent hatred (laughs) for McDonald's. Um, So what's your, what's your take on that? I thought that was a pretty big extreme because based on, other documentaries and science, um, eating McDonald's on a regular basis, whether you like it or not like it is not good for you. So I find it hard to believe that just being happy will outweigh the negative effects of fast food meals, regardless of where they're from. But I do agree. I could scale it back a bit and say, if it makes you happy to eat hamburgers that you've made at home with good ingredients makes you happier than eating kale chips, then yeah, I could, I could go with that. But like going all the way to McDonald's, that's a little far for me. (laughs) But what about in moderation? I, I do believe things in moderation are fine. I, don't believe anyone should eat McDonald's. <laughs> That's what I thought you were going to say. I was like, I wonder what it would take to get her to agree that <laughs> McDonald's is not going to kill you if you eat it. <laughs> I didn't think you were going to go for it. I don't think it's going to kill you, but I don't think it takes that much effort to not eat McDonald's. <laughs> there, okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. So what is your version of McDonald's then that, that is your thing um, that you feel like this is unhealthy. This is not good for me, but it makes me so happy that I'm going to allow it. My coffee creamer. Oh, right. Okay. And I just today, I, well, so yesterday I tried to make my own coffee creamer and it did have a ton of sugar in it because I do really like a sugary coffee creamer. I've tried all the ones that are just like a, a nut milk and they wrote creamer on it. Um, it just doesn't do it for me. So I've been like, this is, this is what I'm going to do. And I buy like a better version, quote unquote, but I mean, it's still not great. It's, I mean, I wouldn't give it to my kids. Um, 
but I tried to make my own and I did um, have my husband grab me some coffee creamer today because it just wasn't filling my void <laughs> with all the other extra stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That makes, that makes sense. Okay. I can, I can see that. My mom does this thing where she really, really loves, I always think of this example whenever we talk about moderation, because it seems like all things are relative, of course, but my mom loves ready whip in the can that you spray with the aerosol, right? And she does this thing where every time she opens up the refrigerator, particularly if there's a grandchild around, she will take the can and they hold out their finger and she sprays a line of Ready Whip like down their finger and then they eat it off their hand, Um, which to me seems a little like, okay, that's fun. That's a little thing or whatever. But the, the last time I saw her and we had Ready Whip in the fridge because she was coming to visit and I knew she was gonna want some, Um, My son took it out and he sprayed a dollop in his mouth or I might've even, cause sometimes they do this with my kids squirt a little bit in their mouth and then dab their nose (laughs) just as a fun little, like, here's a little tiny taste of it. And she was appalled. She was like, you have to throw that container away. That's, I mean, you can't just spray it directly in your mouth. (laughs) I was like, I just don't find there to be that big of a difference between sticking it on your grubby hands And then sticking that into your mouth versus hovering over somebody's mouth and spraying the ready whip inside. Um, But also her, speaking of the moderation thing, her thing is always like ready whip. It's so amazing. It has one gram of sugar and one carb. So it's great. And then she'll just, you know, spray it all over her hands and eat it. But I'm like, mom, that can has 56 servings in it. (laughs) So like, I guarantee you're not eating one serving of that. If you ate the whole entire canister in two days, it wasn't one gram of sugar. It was 56. Um, 56 is just a random number, but it's, it's, um, it's more than one. That's for sure. Um, fun fact or interesting. Fact, I don't know if it's fun or interesting, but when I was growing up, we always had Cool Whip. That's what we used. And I thought Ready Whip was so gross. Why would anybody do that? that comes in a can and you spray it cool whip. obviously this is better it comes in a can <laughs> and then as I got older and learned how to like read labels I'm like that right or cool whip doesn't have any dairy in it it is this is just oil. it's fat and oil whipped oh I didn't know that it's um I don't know if it doesn't have any dairy at all but ready whip is cream that's put through and, you know, uses aerosol to come out With the gas. Yeah. Like you had the canister at home, but cool whip is just like a whole mess of ingredients. Oh my, I never knew that. And now if I eat cool whip, because I don't ever have it now that I know about it, if I'm somewhere in, we're in the South, so everybody's got some sort of salad with like cool whip on it oh or something, my. tangerine bits or something. And if I mistakenly eat some, my stomach is tore up. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Probably because it's a ton of those fats and um, fats that like your body's oh, like, what even is this? I cannot, it's not registering how to digest it. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I've been looking at a couple different ways to make some like creamy fluff, like with um, coconut milk. Cause once I had a pampered chef party and I've been wanting one of these ever since then, but I was like, maybe there's another way they have one of those things that you, it sort of looks like a French press, but you pump it. And you, if you put 
coconut milk in there, like str- like just coconut milk, um, like the full fat out of a can separates kind of um, coconut milk. You can froth it to the point where it becomes like a um, like a a fluff almost. But then I was like, there's really something about squirting it out of that aerosol can. There's got to be some kind of, and they make them. I, I, I keep starting to down that road of looking like, is there a reusable canister you can use? Kind of like a soda stream situation, but for a reusable, I don't know. Yeah, we have one. Mm. And um, so I'll make it periodically. The problem is, well, not a problem, but um you have to have it in the fridge for three hours before you use it. So you need to have the foresight that you're going to want to make whipped cream. So you put your canister in the fridge for three hours and then you mix up your cream and vanilla and sugar, whatever you're going to put in it, you pour it in and then you have to have the little CO2 canisters. They're just like, they're tiny. They're like this big and they're not expensive. I mean, I probably have like 500 in my house right now because I never have the foresight to put my canister in the fridge before. Um, Those are the ones that look like little scuba tanks for a Barbie, right? Okay. And, um, but with the coconut milk, you don't have to buy a special thing. Do you have a hand mixer? I have an immersion mixer. No, you can't do it with that. You need, um, need... (laughs) Um, it's so funny how different our kitchens are. Um, Well, yeah, because you're saying you have to have the foresight to make the ready whip. And I'm like, why wouldn't you just keep it in the refrigerator? Oh, well, because it doesn't come with like a flat lid. So you'd have just this open container. And I don't know, I just feel like bits from your fridge would like fall in there. (laughs) So if you put top on it, then it's got these two big like pieces sticking out that you like put the canister on and then where you spray it out. So it just gets in the way. Like it's not like a, I mean, my fridge, you've seen it. It's a hot mess. The door, the railings on the door are duct taped together. The handles off the front of the refrigerator have broken off. Maybe you didn't even notice that, but we're like, that's a clean break. We can just leave those off. (laughs) And I, I, when we moved in, I was thinking like, Oh, well, we'll upgrade the fridge, but I'm just so cheap for that, that it's like, this all seems like it's working, but we would just keep, I would just keep that in the back of the refrigerator just like my popsicle thing. You were saying like, how could you on earth, could you remember your popsicle maker? And I'm like, I just store it in the freezer and then I make popsicles. I was just venting to my husband about you and your popsicle maker. You will not stop talking about it and give me a break. He's like, why wouldn't, why, why would you need emergency popsicles? You, we just put them in the freezer and then when you need them, you get him no he's on my side he's not understanding why you need to have a pop like have that in there all the time to then make your popsicles in 15 minutes no 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 no. so you make them a batch at a time so my so there's like a stash of already made one (laughs) it it seems like you don't because you're not understanding how amazing this thing (laughs) is it takes liquid and turns it into a solid in eight minutes okay not 15 minutes in eight minutes Uh, when we were there you set a timer for 15 minutes well right because that was the second batch there's a (laughs) lot of nuances (laughs) so what did you think about the too many supplements okay so the too many the thing about too many supplements was not was not what I took away from what he was saying what I took away from what he was saying was 
two things related to that, which was um, switch up what you're taking because anything that is um, that is in there, like fillers or anything like that, um, you take a break from it. And because your body needs to um, like recalibrate. So I get that. I get like, you know, not shocking your system is the wrong way to put it, but just sort of like recalibrating, not taking anything, taking breaks from even vitamins on the weekends um, is a good idea. Yeah. And I will, and it's, it's because the formulation of them, the, the type of vitamin that they put in your multivitamin or what have you, your body just gets used to it and then it doesn't work. And I actually just wrote to a vitamin, um, we had a subscription vitamin for the kids and I, canceled it because I was like, we've been taking them. They've had them for like three months and I wanted to switch it up. And so I, the guy, the person wrote back and they're like, can I, why are you canceling? And I said, we like to take a break and switch up our brands every so many months. So, you know, we'll probably be back, but that's what we're doing. And that was before I heard that. So I was like, genius. That is very wise. Well, and I hadn't thought about that, particularly about fish oil supplements. So I eat a lot of fish, so I don't tend to take fish oil, but Um, I did get a gummy fish oil for the kids and they will not take it. It smells like bubble gum. And I'm sure it's, I mean, and it's a really good brand too. It's the Nordic, um, like Nordic naturals, I think is the brand. Um, but they will not take it. It's so annoying. Um, but I, I've been meaning to get a good high quality fish oil. And I liked that he said to switch up the source from which your, your fish that you're eating is from which I think is really wise. Um, Water source. So if you're eating um, Atlantic salmon, switch to a Pacific fish or whatever. I can't think of a fish from the Pacific, but. Yeah, neither can I. (laughs) Um, And he also said don't eat swordfish because it's got a ton of mercury in it. But Because the bigger the fish the more mercury in it because they eat the smaller fish and it all builds up all that mercury. Well, I thought it was related to, to the fatty content of the fish because don't you store heavy metals in your fat? I believe so. But the bigger the, like, so shark, um, swordfish, like the big fish eat the smaller fish. And so if their diet contains all mercury containing fish, then they're going to have more mercury in their fat as opposed to, smaller fish that don't eat that just eat kelp or what have you yeah that makes sense but i've been thinking about this I wonder, like, go ahead I, I wonder which i know people don't eat this but like whale whales some whales just eat krill so i wonder if they and they're giant fish so i wonder i if- think well i think it's illegal to eat whale but i think some other cultures do i don't know i kind of want to well, i kind of want to google like, it <laughs> um Native, jeez, oh um, <laughs> native um, people in Alaska. I don't remember what the indigenous people's type of people are there, but I mean they eat whale blubber. That's they what I was thinking of. Yeah. Um, so that's why, I'm, but that's orca typically up there, which eat other mammals and stuff. But also a whale's a mammal, not a fish. So this, yeah, probably probably doesn't anything. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Um, I have been really interested in the nutritional standpoint of the show alone. I know, I think we talked about the show alone before. And, um, (laughs) there was a guy that killed a muskox, which was gigantic and he, um, but there wasn't enough fat 
a musk ox has like no fat. So he, it didn't sustain him for very long. And yet there was somebody else who killed a porcupine and the porcupine was filled with fat. Like she was like satiated for like days and days from eating a porcupine. Isn't that wild? Yeah. And I find it interesting too, on those shows when they kill a big animal and how they can just, um, store it in like the wild, like they build the smoking tents. I get, you know, I, it's not really a tent or smoking shelters and their meat stays fresh and they can eat it for a week unrefrigerated and yeah. Everything. Well, I think, so it's yeah, I think that's if it's a, if it's a particularly cold outside, but with fish, if you catch a fish, if you don't get it in freezing temperatures to keep it cold, you have to eat it like within an hour it's crazy like how quickly it starts developing bacteria. I thought that was, that was really interesting. And they're also not allowed on alone. It may depend on what, depend on what region they're from, but they're not allowed to kill Fox. Apparently they're a protected hmm. species. Um, and I think that might be not because of their in, I don't think they're endangered, but I think it's because they use them for like population control of other species. Maybe. Sure, that that makes sense. I don't know, um, but yeah, there were people that people that ate squirrel. People that I mean, I tell my son all the time when he's like, um, "I'm starving," and I'm like, "If you're starving, you should go kill a muskox because <laughs> he really loves to watch that show." And he's like, "Yeah, you're right. I'm not that hungry. I'm not gonna eat a squirrel. I'm not gonna eat that because he'll be like, I'm so hungry. I'm like, how about this? He's like, I don't want that. I'm like, okay, great. Go go eat a rabbit. <laughs> and he's suddenly <laughs> not into it. So. Um, but it's a really good example. I've been, I try to focus on this a lot for myself and for my kids about identifying food as fuel. Like, I mean, he's not eating this muskox because he's at a party and he's celebrating with people and he's not eating this muskox because he wants to taste how delicious it is. He's eating it because he needs it to nourish his body and he needs energy and he needs, so he don't have to think that much about it. <laughs> like he doesn't have to, like it can be separated from the other stuff. Whereas like, that's not currently how my brain is programmed, but I'm trying to get better about that. So that's my two cents about that. What other takeaways did you have from the podcast? Um, the pigeonholing yourself into one style of eating, mm-hmm. keto, vegan. And I've always thought this, like, just eat what you feel comfortable eating. You don't have to walk around, like, with a name tag on, like you do. <laughs> I am Angie. I'm, like, I'm a keto yes. eater. <laughs> no, absolutely. And I, oh, my gosh, I have so much to say about that. So I, I hear that, and I know that it's logical, and yet for some people, apparently, because not everybody thinks the same way that I do, but I know some other people do, like to not have a, a subscribed set of rules, like the, these are the categories that I can eat. This food is on limits. This food is off limits. It feels like there's no control at all and that um, at any moment I could balloon up to 500 pounds or starve to death. I mean, that's like really how my brain works. And um, it's related to a lot. Like there are certain foods that for a while I was legitimately afraid to eat. And it was like, okay, well, I shouldn't be afraid to eat something (laughs) like 
even in small doses, like it's, I, you shouldn't have that kind of fear like associated with food, but to say to somebody, well, don't do that anymore. Just stop doing that is like saying to somebody else, like the things that you're afraid of, just stop being afraid of them. <laughs> you know, like it's not quite that. So there's a whole like reprogramming process and it has to be really intentional, but first you have to feel where it is. So like where I catch myself being like, oh no, I can't. Like, I think I said to you, was this yesterday? Um, I had a few bites of ice cream and now normally I'm keto and I track my food and I count my carbs. And that is an overcorrection from when I used to have no control over my eating and no connection to like, am I hungry or am I just like compulsively eating or whatever? Like I needed to take, I needed to order my eating and I over ordered it. <laughs> so now it's like trying to find a balance between those two things. But I had a few bites of ice cream and it was like, Every, everything's okay. I still woke up this morning with like the same body I had yesterday and like the same, like nothing, nothing went berserk. But, um, before that it was like, I, I hadn't had a bite of ice cream in a, a very long, it was just an off limits food. It, I mean, just a totally off limits food. And I do think that the more balanced at least for me that I get about just I have a little bit of this, have a little bit of that, try to just moderate, try to, to make space between feelings about food and actions about food um, that that was probably exacerbating some of the lactose intolerance. Some of the, like, I used to have a problem with like gluten. I would get sick a lot when I would eat stuff and be like, well, I can't eat it because it's going to make me sick. And I think a lot of that was just what he was talking about, which is like, I was just stressed about somebody just give me a list of what's yeah. the perfect thing to eat, <laughs> you know? And I think that's the, the, what, so gluten made you feel sick. So that's fine. So you don't eat gluten. And I, but I think what he was saying and how I feel is you don't have to wear a label of like, I don't eat gluten. You just don't eat gluten or you, you prefer to eat a keto diet. So you're not keto Angie, right? Or identifying yourself as a keto person or a vegetarian. You're just, that's just what you do. And it doesn't have to be this overarching identity um, label mm. that you have. Like there was a time when I did love to eat fast food and I ate a lot of fast food during one of my pregnancies and I, or anytime I was on a road trip, I was like, and we, I think we talked about this with the munch. Mm -hmm. It was like, I would on a road trip. I can eat fast food. Cause I mean, that's fine. And it, I used to say it was a gateway, a gateway food. If I have stopped to get fast food because I'm just starving right now and I just need something and I get one chicken sandwich or one burger, it's a gateway burger. <laughs> and then I will eat fast food every day for the next three months <laughs> until I'm like totally sick and I can't have it. So I know that I don't eat fast food, but I'm not anti-fast food, Sarah. Like that's, <laughs> you know, like that's not the diet that I like label myself as. Yeah. That but I think sense. it's, but you do feel very strong. Like, what would it take for you to eat McDonald's, for instance? You know, I mean, it's that. <laughs> yeah, see, you're making me like, no, I just won't I do will it. Get myself, it's funny because I will get myself some Taco right. Bell. 
<laughs> periodically, which is all kinds of wrong as well. But um, I think the difference, and it, again, it's totally fine to, I mean, I think you should, not every food is right for every person. Um, and some foods make people feel bad and some foods make them feel great. Um, it's just the, oh, the completely living your life around that particular just having diet. the restrictions. Yes. Yeah. I I think that, yeah, the restrictions for sure. But you, you said too, and I think this is where a lot of people get hung up. Like there's a lot wrong with that. And I think we make choices about like, we do, we all have somewhat of a system where we label foods like this is right. And this is wrong. And this food is good. And this food is bad. And this food is allowable and this food is forbidden and um I'm a really black and white thinker so like that that feels comfortable to me like if we could just have a list of like don't eat this and yes eat this I can do that I can follow I can follow rules but the harder part is like there aren't rules that really make sense for food um and it's sort of like where does that come from um which I, which is a whole nother thing. I like that idea of a gateway burger, gateway fast food, I guess, because it's not all burgers, but <laughs> gateway fast food. Right. Yeah. Interesting. So um, what else? What other things did you like that he said? Um, I loved what he said about kids washing their hands too much um, and that they should eat dirt and get dirty and they're meant to do that because and my husband and I are on two totally different <laughs> pages on this. He is like not obsessive about washing hands, but he is like, I mean, his soap thing is empty far faster than my soap container is like in our sinks. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, you just played with toys and you're going to eat. You better wash your hands. And oh, you just came in from outside. And I'm like, I mean, they weren't playing in like on a farm with animal feces. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't care if they eat the dirt or if they mm -hmm. get dirt on, you know, like it's just that I've just always been fine with that. And honestly, my kids are like rarely sick. I, I just, and I mean, we have dogs in our house. They're not washing their hands when they come in from outside. So it's already being brought in and they roll around on the floor and they yeah. lick everything. I mean, dogs and, don't eat with their hands, but yeah, I see what you mean. <laughs> no, but I mean, they've now walked in and it's all oh, over right. the house. Yeah. You know, and then they're. Yeah. So, but I just appreciate it because I was just like, I don't know, some, some people are over the top about it. And I it does seem that some of these people that are all about, and he talked about this too, um, people that are all about like washing their hands, doing like this and this and this, and like, oh, I have to do this because I have this health problem seem to maybe create and obsess about it so much that they give themselves more health issues than maybe they, if they just relaxed and didn't wash their hands a couple of times and just went with the flow of things that maybe some of these underlying health problems that they feel they have might not really be. Or they might not anymore. be exacerbated. Like maybe they wouldn't be eliminated, but they wouldn't be as exacerbated. I see what you mean. And yet I totally acknowledge that that is much easier said than done for people. Like to just say that thing that you're worried about, just don't worry about it anymore. It's like, well, and it really does require a lot of, trust and somebody who likes to I'm somebody that likes to be in control of like 
you know, it's, this is, I can control the outcome of something and then accepting that, um, you really can't, (laughs) it's kind of a, is a, is a very long process to sort of rewrite that. Um, stand on hand washing with kids. Um, I mean, in non-pandemic times, I have a totally different viewpoint of it so during uh covid right now i'm of i mean i have my kids leaves hand sanitizer um that we use pretty regularly but when they're at home i don't make them stop and wash their hands before they eat if like booker just helped me cook um his own lunch and so I, and he had just gotten home from the ymca so i was like okay you need to wash your hands with soap and water before you do that but i don't know if my hands <laughs> come to think of it um so yeah I'm pretty lax about that in general but um it's hard to remember what times were like before we were worried about I, I'm less worried about us getting sick knock on wood and more worried about them getting somebody else sick so yeah it's hard to remember what real real times were like right so okay can I tell you about my month I haven't told you what my newly developed monthly challenges and it's totally related to what we just talked about (laughs) so um my and I only started this like maybe the beginning of the second week in January but and people have been telling me to do this for years so it's a big step Mm. I am trying to not weigh myself in January and so this People. Oh yeah. Lots of people have been telling me, people are like, why do you weigh yourself four times a day? And it's like, well, the scale's there. There's a scale on every floor and it's like, whatever. I hid both scales. Um, and I've been doing okay with it, but I do, I have weighed myself probably like three or four times since doing that, but I weigh myself with all my clothes on and after I drink something in the morning. So I don't really know exactly how much I weigh. I just have a ballpark. So wait, I'm sorry. You just said you started your challenge the second week of January, January 8th, the beginning of the second week. And you've only weighed yourself a couple times. Well, that was nine days ago. So if you think about in nine days, if you're used to weighing yourself minimum three times a day. So I went from weighing myself 25 times to a couple times. That's like a big improvement. That's good. <laughs> You're like not that impressed. <laughs> no, I am. I think that's really great. I just, um, I feel like I've been telling you not to weigh yourself all the time for a long time. And now, all now, well, you're included. You're included in the life. list of people. Um, but yeah, I've lots of people are like, why are you, why are you doing that so much? Or people would say, oh, just measure. This is another thing that I can't stand. Are people like, um, well, just, take inches because a scale lies and it's like somebody who weighs himself too much should also not be measuring inches and I I was like that really defeats the purpose because like I'm not really aiming to take up less space in the world (laughs) like I don't necessarily need my inches to change what I need is to stop worrying about it altogether so like I shouldn't just start measuring myself that almost sounds worse I think um, and less convenient <laughs> than weighing yourself. So, um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, we'll, we'll see next month when I weigh myself. If You know what I wish they had is a scale that did 
either just a ballpark like hey because my fear is like I also have no idea um if if somebody was like you lost 20 pounds a bit I had no idea and if somebody like you gained 20 pounds a bit no had no idea like just have no gauge for it all my clothes fit me no matter what size I am (laughs) it's just the nature of my wardrobe um and so I would have no no gauge on like um on that at all so I was like they should create a scale that just gives you a ballpark um but I don't know how you could do that without it being like thumbs up like this is good and thumbs down this is bad that's also (laughs) not that talk about black and white thinking that's not good either so I'm like what if there was a scale that just like read you an affirmation (laughs) when you stood on it and it was like you are exactly as healthy as you need to be the end (laughs) that's what I need so that's my affirmation. Maybe you put your scale back out and just tape that, what you just said, the affirmation on top of where it would tell you how much you weigh and you can still do the act of stepping on the scale. And then you look down and you see, I'm exactly how that's I should be. That's a good be. idea. And that's a good idea. I should take the batteries out of it because the one upstairs is a shared scale. And I just like, I was like, I'm just going to put this thing away. And I put it away. And then of course my husband wanted to have it. So he took it out and then- I'll just take the batteries out. <laughs> he doesn't need to weigh himself either. Right. Um, one good thing about weighing yourself is I um, hadn't weighed myself in a while and went and donated blood, but I did the power red and you have to be a, um, you have to be 150 pounds is the minimum amount that you can do for the particular machine that they were using. And there were some other um, qualifiers as well. But I thought, oh, I mean, for sure, I'm north of 150. Like, I didn't think I was anywhere near 150. So I was like, yeah, I weigh whatever. And then I got, I didn't feel great doing it. I just, I had basically all of the side effects that could have happened um, while giving this blood. And then I came home and I was like, I should just weigh myself to see. And I was 150, exactly. So, I mean, I mean, I was just right at that like minimum marker and my iron was like, they had to prick me twice to see if my iron was right. So I basically had, I know maybe had with my iron not being great for it and my weight not being at the right place, maybe they would have just put me for a regular donation, but I was like, nah, I'm nowhere near 150. That's so I was pleasantly yeah. surprised to see that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. So tell me about your update on your monthly challenge. Okay. So we have gone rogue the last couple of days. (laughs) I did not think you were going to say that. Okay. (laughs) Keep going. Uh, My monthly challenge was um, no spend January. We weren't going to spend money on any frivolous needs. And for the grocery store, we were just going to spend $50 per week. As a reminder, we're a family of five, um, three children that never stop eating. So it was going to be a challenge, but we figured the $50, we can go and get like our fresh vegetables and some produce or some fruit. Well, we spend, we were doing really well. And then I just was like, we need some nuts and we need, there's just like things that we were running low on that we needed to stock up on that easily mm-hmm. eat through And and then we wanted some ice cream. Oh, there it is. 
and our middle child is dairy free and dairy free mm-hmm. ice cream is more mm-hmm. expensive. And I did make us ice cream in the Vitamix that you might have seen posted on Instagram. So I did try to like work around it, but then I was just like, oh, I just want to buy whatever. I want. <laughs> Don't we all? So while we have a- <laughs> story of my life. Right. And we have an ideal crazy but I definitely did not stay within the $50 this week um but I haven't bought any of the extra stuff that you keep telling me to look on Amazon to buy I have put them in my cart for your suggestion and it has stayed there um even though I really want to get the alcohol meter to test my kombucha to see if I've made hooch (laughs) or not um just I just left it in the container but in the fridge to stop the fermentation process until February Mm -hmm. when I can buy that Oh, yeah. So do you have a plan for your, the amount of money that you save doing this? Like, is there going to be a payoff for you at the end of the monthly challenge? Um, no, we've had, we had some medical mm. bills that came in and that were sad. So, I mean, we'll probably just break even by throwing them all towards I think maybe that would better motivate Um, you if you can set aside something that you're like oh but if we go the rest of January we can do blank I don't know what that is but maybe sure yeah that's a good otherwise you're Um, stuck with like why why am I why do I not get to do this what am I going to get out of it (laughs) you know part of what I want, want part of the reason that I thought it would be good for us to do is just an exercise of living without every single thing we want. Um, I grew up without having everything I wanted. Um, my mom, I don't know, she would scrape two pennies together to get us enough food on the table. So it, even just the short amount of time, because what is it, the 17th? So we'll say the 15th, we kind of fell off the wagon. Those two weeks were, were still like, depressing for us thinking, wow, like how, I mean, we had a freezer Mm -hmm. full of meat already. So, and I can imagine that some people maybe have a smaller food budget than that $50 a week. And it was even, so we ran out of melatonin. I don't give it to my kids every night, but it's nice to have on hand in the event that somebody's having a hard time going to sleep. Melatonin's not cheap. If you buy one, that's not like six grams of sugar in the thing. And I'm like, if I'm giving my kids six grams of sugar, how am I supposed to ask to go to? So, um, you know, even like little things like that, I'm like, okay, well now we don't have this. (laughs) Everyone says stays awake forever. So my, (laughs) my brother, you bring up a good Um, point. I hadn't thought about this before, but my brother, I don't know if he does this anymore, but my brother and sister-in-law did this thing where for a month each year, they call it no, what's that? Yeah, I think it was February. Like fasting did. February, or I don't remember what they call it, but they do not grocery shop at, they don't buy any food at all for an entire month. And they rely on the donation of other people to like their expired foods or um, anybody like from their church would like, you know, make them something to get by or whatever, but they would take their weekly grocery budget and donate it to a food bank every week. So like what they would have spent get spent you know for for something else so um one year they had so many people that had like cleaned out their cabinets that had gotten them stuff that they they were able to go longer than a month they did it like a month and a half or something 
Um, and they were, they had to be really not picky, of course, about what they eat. Um, he said it was scary sometimes eating some unidentified expired because like some food expiration dates are kind of arbitrary and it's like well I mean this is probably fine and other things it's like you don't want to eat that if it's expired um and it can be hard to draw the line I'm like what is that exactly um but yeah I don't know so maybe maybe what you learn from this could be like what can you do with the extra do you even know how much you normally do you guys track how much you normally spend on a weekly basis and that was part of it. We, I mean, we use one credit card because we get points with it. So we, we can go back and look um, at what we spend, but it was a lot. And, um, you know, part of it's the eating organic. Part of it is the getting whatever we want. Part of it was not utilizing the food we already had in our freezer. So we have, I mean, we've been doing that a lot, which has been nice to see just things dwindle down. And, but then we'll, you know, we'll obviously have to mm -hmm. stock back up. Yeah. But I think our, our monthly challenges are of the same theme of that, just like creating awareness about your behavior, right? Like we use this technique all the time mm -hmm. when we're trying to get people to like you don't have to even before you make a change, just noticing. And then, like I said before, making that, creating that space between impulse and desire and action. And you, you've definitely done that. I mean, just putting stuff in your shopping cart and not clicking buy is a delay to say like, okay, well, do I actually need it? I'll wait, you know? Um, so that in itself could create some long lasting change. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I can't wait to hear about how it's going next week. <laughs> Yes, and I hope. Yeah, that you hope that next time you in. see me, I haven't gained 250 pounds in one week. <laughs> well, that would be virtually impossible. But what I hope is that you don't say, "Well, I bought another pocket scale." Just to in case. Just <laughs> measure my hand. A pocket scale. <laughs> okay, that would be going too far, I think. But now you've got the wheels turning. <laughs> um. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, I will see okay. you next time. Thank you, listeners. Check us out on Instagram at what and are you craving send us podcast. some messages about what you've been craving. Bye. Bye.